Where are you? Where are you? I don't know where you are today in life, but, but maybe you're feeling some of that brokenness. There's circumstances that are just seem like they're crushing. Where's Jesus when we feel broken? We're going to talk about that this morning. So if you've got a Bible, if you'd open that to uh, Luke 24, as Luke mentioned, we'll, uh, as Ike mentioned, we'll start in uh, verse 13 and go to the end of the chapter, verse 35, and wrestle that question, where's Jesus when we feel broken? And then our passage starts with two men who are feeling broken, and we read about them right away, and it says, behold, two of them were going that very day, that very day they're talking about is the first Easter, to a village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. And we'll find out what all those things were. But let me tell you on the front end, these, these were two followers of Jesus. And they had believed in Him. They had trusted Him. They had left everything they know for three years, believing that this was the guy that was going to, quote, unquote, redeem Israel. And now he was dead. As far as they knew, he was gone. And they're headed out seven miles to, who knows? Because for the last three years, they've hitched their wagon to this guy. They've come to believe he's the man, and he's gone. So they're walking alone, and, and they have someone approach them in verse 15. It says, while they were walking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. They, they think he's still dead. Verse 16 says, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Why? Why couldn't they recognize him? I don't think they were looking for him. They couldn't believe that he had risen from the dead. Now, Jesus predicted it. He said, I'd be crucified. I'd resurrect on the third day. Uh, Ten days to two weeks earlier, there had been a guy named Lazarus who'd been in the tomb four days, and Jesus walked up to the tomb, and he said, Lazarus came forth, and, and, and Lazarus came out. And if you back up, there'd been a guy a couple week, few weeks before that who'd been blind from birth, and Jesus said, uh, be healed, and, and the guy could see. And if you back up before that, there was uh, four guys who, who brought a paralytic, and they couldn't get to Jesus, so they climbed up on a roof, and they, and they let him down through. And, and Jesus said, um, your sins are forgiven, and the people got up tight, and he said, what's easier to say, uh, your sins are forgiven, or stand up and walk? So you know that the Son of God has power to forgive sins. Take up your pallet and walk. And, and, and the cripple did. So there'd been a lot of evidence that Jesus was supernatural. And he predicted it, but not these folks. That, that was just too much to believe. They're not looking for that. So Jesus approaches, and, and he's right next to them, and, and they don't recognize him. So he said to them, this is Jesus, what are these words that you're exchanges with one another as you were talking. And they stood still looking. How? How are they looking? They're sad. You ever been sad in life? I think all of us have felt that. I was sure feeling that that junior year. Sad. Why? I don't have any friends. 30,000 people. College is supposed to be the time of your life. And I'm going to the game virtually by myself. That's sad. Yet Jesus is right there, the sadness. And, and he's kind of playing dumb. Hey, hey, hey what, what, what are you guys talking about? One of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem 
and unaware of the, the things which have happened here in these days? Do, do, have you not heard what's gone on with, with this Jesus guy? In, in our terms, it's all over Twitter. It's on Facebook. Both Fox and CNN, they got it. ESPN, they interrupted the coverage of the Masters because this was this big a deal. Man, this is big news, and, and you haven't heard about it? And he said, what things? And they said to them, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word and in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to, be, to the sins of death and crucified him. Now listen to their hope. Here it is, verse 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Last week, we looked at Palm Sunday, and we said there was a crowd of people who laid down palms, hoping that Jesus would redeem Israel from Roman rule, from Roman occupation. When he didn't do it, they turned on him five days later. Well, these guys didn't turn on Jesus, but they had the same hope that Jesus was going to redeem Israel. From what? From Roman occupation. They were a subjugated people. They were a colony. Jesus didn't do that. So their hopes and their dreams have been dashed. They're sad. And they're alone going to who knows what. You been there? You know that feeling? Sad? Dreams broken? Walking to who knows? Then, then there's been this, these guys that are walking, they've heard this crazy rumor. And here's the rumor, starting in verse 22. But, transition, also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they'd also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. So, so these two guys that are walking, Jesus has predicted this. You've seen him bring Lazarus back from the dead. You've seen him heal a blind guy. You've seen him heal a paralytic. And, and now you've got a rumor, hey, there's nothing in the tomb. The, the rock in front of it had been rolled away. That was, that was weighed tons. And there's a couple angels saying, he ain't here. He's alive. Would you consider it? Is it a possibility? Is it, apparently, with these guys, it's not. Where are you? Where are we in our faith journey? He said he's alive. And he steps in and he meets us in our moment of brokenness. You believe that? Because Jesus is going to challenge these guys for their lack of faith. Here's what he says. And he said to them, oh, foolish men, why? Because you're, you're, you've got a litany of evidence and you won't believe. And slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them 
the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Basically, Jesus takes the Old Testament and he says, this is me. This is my story. God has chosen to reveal himself initially through the prophets, and we've got their writings, and then the apostles, and, and this combines to give us our Bible, our Old Testament and our New Testament. And that's why we, we look at this every Sunday, because we believe God reveals himself right here. And, and, and we beg you to make Sunday so that it's not the only day that you're in the Scriptures. Why? Because God's revealing himself. And in those moments when we feel broken and we're gone and we wonder, where is God? God's saying, I'm right here. And he reveals himself in the Scriptures. Well, verse 20 says, 28 says, as they approached the village where they were going, he acted as though he was going further, further. But they urged him saying, stay with us, for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. Look, look, look. If they don't want him, he's going to keep walking. You're going to keep going. You don't want me. I'm not going to push myself on you. That's his nature. He's he, he not going to force his way into your life, Okay. He comes where he's invited. But if you've never made that invitation, would you consider it today? See, God created us to be in a relationship with him, and we've all pushed back. We've all gone our own way, done our own thing. The Bible calls that sin. 2,000 years ago, according to the plan of God, Jesus came and followed the Father right before he died on the cross. This, this was not a mob rule. This was not all things got out of hand under God the Father. No, no, this was according to the plan. And he rose from the dead, according to the plan, on the third day to forgive your sin and mine, to forgive the rebellion, that we would not be on our own, that we could go through life with Christ. And if you've never made that decision to trust him, I want to invite you to do that right now. He goes where he's invited. Now, if you invite him, he's coming in to call the shots. He's the Lord. He's the creator. We have been designed to live under God's rightful rule. Jesus comes in, forgives our sin, and restores our heart calling us to follow him. Those are his terms. If you want him, he'll come. He'll forgive your sin. But he won't go where he's not wanted. Well, these guys invite him in. It says, uh, and when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road and while he was explaining the scriptures to us? In the scriptures, we began to understand God. We began to understand we're not alone. We may be broken, but we're not alone. See, we started by asking this question. When we're feeling broken, where's Jesus? Here's what I say. He's right next to us. <laughs> He's right next to us. The question is, do we have the eyes of faith? Do we have the belief to see Him? Now, theological, we can explain this. Yes, He's omnipresent. That's a characteristic of God. He's everywhere. It's His creation. But it's more than that. He's God who cares. He cared enough to give His life for you. And He waits for an invitation that He can step in your brokenness. Now, is that a panacea? Is that a quick fix? No. I, you know, is, is everything going to get better happily ever after? No. I, I don't know how it's going to go. 
but God promises to work with you. Yeah, I thought about my junior year, and for whatever the reason, I thought, you know, it was the last football game that a group of friends to go with. That's about 10 weeks. And what happened is God used that brokenness to direct me to this campus ministry called Campus Crusade, and and slowly but surely I began to make friends and I began to deal with my core. But it it was a painful 10 weeks. It wasn't a quick fix. And I would be unfair if I said, invite Jesus into your brokenness and everything will be good happily ever after. I I don't know what it's going to look like. I know people have invited Jesus into their brokenness and the cancer didn't get better or the relationship didn't heal or the finances continue to be a stress. But something right there being connected to our Savior empowers us to walk in that brokenness. See, studies, neurological studies show if if we have a friend to walk through this, whatever it is, we're, we're stronger. We can face whatever we're facing if we're connected to another person. How much more with our Savior? He strengthens us to walk through that brokenness. Where are you this morning? There's a Savior who wants to walk with you right where you are. And like these people who were walking the other way, you may not even know it. But he's right there. He's waiting for the invitation. For those of you who who are believers, are, are you in the Word? Because it's in the Bible that Jesus reveals Himself. It's in His Word that He shows Himself. Are you there reading the Word that you might experience Him? Well, these two guys, man, they realize Jesus is alive. Okay? And they'd gone seven miles. Remember, it's seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they've gotten to Emmaus. And then they figure out, ah, Jesus is alive. So so here's what they do. Verse 33, and they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to us, appeared to Simon. They begin to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. Hey, these people that shared Christ ended up losing their life down the road. They did it because they saw him. They experienced him risen from the dead. Our faith is based on eyewitness testimony. But I want you to see here is it's seven miles that they've just walked. Fellas, why not spend the night? Hey, there's no Uber here. There's no lift. There's no light rail. They're going to walk back to Jerusalem. Why? Because the message can't wait. There are people back there who think he's dead, and they need to correct that right now because they've experienced him. Have you experienced Jesus? If you have, you're surrounded by people who don't know, who think this is, Easter is just a a nice religious celebration, and it is that, but it's so much more. It's someone who steps in to our brokenness. Who's that person with whom you can reach out and just begin a friendship? Just begin to talk to them. Ask them questions and at some point share your story about the Jesus who stepped into your life, into your brokenness. In the uh, fall of 1993, I went off to Russia. I was going to spend the school year, 93, 94 school year in Siberia. And uh, first we went into Moscow and I was dating my wife who was to be my wife, we were boyfriend, girlfriend, and she had spent three years in Russia. So her Russian was, was up and running. 
Mine, not at all. And so we go to see the sights in Moscow. I'm not hearing any English on the streets. And, and you ride the metro, it's a Cyrillic alphabet. I, I can't even sound it out. It's a different alphabet. I thought, you know, if I get lost here, I'm in deep weeds. So I'm hanging on to her for all I'm worth. And she said, Andy, either you marry me or I'm going to ditch. No, no, that's not, what, that's, not what she, that's not what she said. That's not what she said. I'm going to pay for that. I'm not going to pay for that. That's not what she said. Let me just correct that. That's not what she said. But, you know, I needed her to negotiate Moscow. You know, as dependent as I was on my wife, girlfriend at that time, we're infinitely more dependent on this Jesus to negotiate the brokenness of life. In those moments, we're broken. He's right beside us. And that's why Easter for us is a celebration. There's no promises in life. There's no guarantees. But this, that in the midst of whatever we're facing, God is there right next to us in our brokenness. Let me pray. Our God in heaven, we're grateful for this Jesus risen from the dead, and we celebrate him today. It is not an academic exercise, but it is the living God come back to life to walk with us when we feel broken. Thank you for Jesus and his resurrection. Amen.